0: What's going on? Happy Saturday, everyone. Welcome to Season Gaming Big Cast, episode 111 today. Uh, I am your host, Ainsley Bowden, with this ridiculous looking visor this week. We'll see how long this lasts. I've got Dan of Us, Beautiful. part two, the sequel. I don't know yep. if he's as good as the original. Um, That's up am. for debate.
1: Yeah. It's certainly longer. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> whoa, whoa. <laughs> Very divisive.
0: Yeah, yeah, you're very divisive. Yeah, yeah, okay, all right, suits you. All right, and joining us for the first time, I'm very happy to welcome our favorite person—not just north of the border, but close to any border, really. Mister Nicholas Downey from LordsOfGaming.net. Good morning, sir.
2: Thank you for having me on. Great to be here. Yeah, man, it's been
0: been too long. Uh, we've been making the rounds since we uh, started this live show, We're getting a bunch of our our friends and people we know on. So we'll uh, we'll have to make it a more regular thing going forward. <laughs> So today, we're going to be talking, uh, obviously, about Cyberpunk and the the Night City Wire event that happened. We're going to be talking Avengers, Halo Infinite, uh, lots of Halo Infinite. Got to make sure Dan uh, gets his voices heard on Halo Infinite.
1: That's when I leave. Uh,
0: (laughs) We've got uh, Suicide Squad, Batman Game Rumors, Diablo 4, and of course, Nick is here, so we're going to be talking some Western RPGs like Baldur's Gate 3. So, all right let's kick this off nick what we always do new guest men, is we're going to talk a little bit about your gaming history want to know um where you got started let's start there so where you got started in gaming if someone specifically got you into gaming and what was kind of like your first console or platform that you really got into
2: well so how i basically started playing games was i was about <clears throat> i was about three years old and uh long story short i ended up having to spend a lot of time with my grandparents my grandfather was huge into like pc games all the time so he thought well i don't really like having a deal with my grandson all the time so i'm gonna just go ahead and uh here here's doom 1993 you go play that and have a good time so basically i started playing doom i started playing (laughs) Um classics um, uh, i played redneck rampage when i was like five years old which probably <laughs> was not a good thing duke nukem all that kind of stuff i played a lot of fps pc games and that's i played pc probably until god for probably a decade i think i was like 13 when i got my first console like i played consoles at my friends places but like my first like at home console was a playstation 2 and
0: okay. that's right yeah. i forget you're uh, younger than us old guys over here
2: yeah, I was going to say, for context, for people, like, I, I was born in 93. I, I was playing Doom ninety oh, you're a
0: lot younger. I didn't realize it was that
1: so, much of a I, I think I, I graduated in 94. <laughs> <laughs> and I graduated in
0: 96, so, yeah. 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 Okay. <laughs> All right.
2: Yeah, so I, I started in PC space, and then basically, as soon as I got PlayStation 2 and original Xbox and GameCube, I was like, I can't miss anything anymore. So, a, basically, I just started... At, Working, I started working when I was like 12 years old. I started cutting lawns and stuff so I could afford every console that came out. So like I bought a 360, bought a PS3 at launch, which I don't know what in my mind where I thought a thousand dollars Canadian for a PS3 was a good idea. Um, but yeah, just play everything, enjoy a lot of everything except they
0: they told you up front you're going to have to work extra hours to pay for that bad boy
2: (laughs) (laughs) they were like you're going to have to get a second job i'm like i've already (laughs) got three
0: (laughs) that's awesome yeah I, i knew you were younger than us i didn't realize it was that much wow uh my stepdaughter is older than you that's where we're at on this show <laughs> oh,
1: man.
0: that's awesome though so, so uh not quite what we would call as seasoned of a gamer but the point being you do play and enjoy everything which is the point right so yeah awesome so let me ask you um in your gaming history then uh and i know i think the series i have a good idea but what's like been your favorite platform that you've played on if you had to pick a console or if it's pc what's your favorite platform
2: favorite platform. My favorite platform of all time would yeah. have to be the PlayStation 2.
0: Okay? Ma- mainly
2: because that's what got me into stealth games. I really love stealth games and it really okay. started with Metal Gear Solid 3 on the PlayStation okay. 2 cuz my friend had it and I ended up stuck at his house the one summer and he was like, "Oh, I got this, I got this God of War game and I got this Metal Gear <laughs> Solid 3." I'm like, I was like, okay, God of War, that's cool. And then I was like, why are we playing the third Metal Gear Solid? He's like, ah, I don't think you need to play the first two to understand the third one, which... <laughs> <laughs> do that information what you will. But yeah, no, the PlayStation 2 was like what really got me into console gaming, so to okay. speak. Because before that, I played PC, I played MMOs and stuff like that. I didn't really play a lot of the quote-unquote console-based games. And... I really started falling in love with that and just the ease of accessibility of it all because yes. like around that time was like when Lord of the Rings, the Return of the King came out and Doom Three came out. Yep. And that was when graphics cards started going, Hey, you need a six hundred dollar graphics card to mm-hmm. play these. And I went, yep. mm, I don't know about this. <laughs> and that's the that's kind of why I gravitate towards it because I like all my like because before that I was just mainly FPS and everything else but PlayStation 2 led me into diversifying my tastes in games and then which led me to 360, which then led me into eSports for a couple of years and awesome. it was just it was just it moved, so to speak.
0: yeah well playstation 2 is one of the all-time greats i mean there's a reason that it has the library it has and it's the best-selling console of all time right so you can't go wrong with that one um real quick shout out to chat good to see everyone good morning uh some all of our our regular favorites are here so what's up guys um so nick if you uh had to pick favorite game of all time and i thought i had an idea on this but i'll just let you say it anyway in case i've got it wrong favorite game Baldur's Gate 2. I I thought it was, but I wanted to make sure, so yeah, um, yeah, absolute, uh, absolute classics. Uh, In fact, Elu, who's in the chat here and writes for us as well, um, we were just talking the other day about some of the great classic uh, Western RPGs and just, you know, those types of games, man, the writing and the character building, and um, obviously we're going to talk about Baldur's Gate 3 today, but that's awesome. So. Well, awesome. Okay. So, why don't we jump into it? Uh, The big uh, kind of the big topic we're going to talk about this week is Cyberpunk. So, we had the Night City Wire, uh, one obviously one of our most anticipated games. Uh, We did a weekly poll. Funny enough, I started the poll late. Uh, It occurred to me I hadn't done a poll. So, I started it last night, and the thing already has nearly like 1,500 votes. So, basically, we kept it real simple. Will Cyberpunk 2077 be the defining game of the generation? um because as we know i think many hold the opinion i know myself and dan i don't know where you sit on this nick that witcher 3 is uh one of the greatest games of all time if not the greatest game of the generation pretty much close to hands down uh so will cd project red do it again with cyberpunk 77 right now more than 2 thirds think yes so nearly 70% are saying yes with about 30% saying no so nick where do you stand on, before we even get into the the new information we saw this week, where do you stand on CD Projekt Red, the quality of Witcher 3, and what your expectations are for Cyberpunk?
2: It's actually hilarious because I've only played about 10 hours of The Witcher 3, and I thought it was amazing. <laughs> and I never went <laughs> exactly. back it. But, good. but if you want a kicker of this is I've beaten the original Witcher, the first one on PC, and The Witcher 2 probably about 10 times each.
0: Okay. Wow, then 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 what's stopping you from Witcher Three?
2: The goddamn time investment is stopping <laughs> me. <laughs> yeah.
0: it's,
2: it's the whole problem when you're like, I'm. You know what? This month I'm gonna play The Witcher Three, and then someone's like, Hey, here's a review code for this. I'm like, Oh, damn it, no. Okay, yeah, um, yeah but no. Like, CD Projekt Red's world building is what makes them mm. class act. Is because. Mm-hmm. The witcher 3 changed open world game design and what i mean by that is by the quest design every quest kind of affected and changed the world and like before like i think skyrim was kind of the like the the level everyone measured western rpgs to for a long time and because of how how massive the world was and everything else but with the witcher 3 they really stop focusing on how big can we make this world and more focused on how can we make this world feel more lived in and believable and i think that's where Cyberpunk's going to be really amazing because they talk about scale and everything else they're not doing the assassin's creed valhalla this is the biggest map ever they're like this is good this map's going to be around the size of the witcher 3 but we're working on making it more dense which right. is something that I think it's really interesting about open world design because, like, that's my biggest pl- complaint with Grand Theft Auto is, like, Grand Theft Auto Five is a great game and everything else. It's got big open world, but 90% of the world you can't interact with. True. And I think with Cyberpunk, you're going to see the most interactive world we've ever seen in an open world game.
0: Yeah. I agree 100%. So you're back on board. We, we will overlook the 10 <laughs> hours of play. You're yeah. back. Oh, okay. <laughs> Uh, good to see you guys. Uh, Mar- uh, Eli said Morrowind always gets overlooked. Not by us, man. Morrowind is an absolute <laughs> all-time time. classic. All-time classic. classic. I preferred Morrowind tenfold over Oblivion, in my opinion, but that's a whole nother topic. Oh, yeah. Uh, <clears throat> all right. So, Cyberpunk's Night City Wire we got this week. So, we got a 25-minute or so stream. We got maybe, I don't know what it was, 7, 8, 10 minutes or whatever of new gameplay uh primarily of which was this brain dance thing they showed which dan and i were chatting while watching it and we were just sitting there like this is nuts uh and bonkers what this is going to bring to the game so before we get to the gameplay though i've got to talk about character customization because i thought this was really funny so if you haven't been paying close attention uh there's going to be highly highly customizable characters your v if you will um in cyberpunk and so they released some information this week and i'm gonna throw it up on the screen here because there's some funny things we'll talk through so <clears throat> here are some of the things you can customize your character with um and i'm not going to read through all of these what's up dan you just hiding under the pubic hair i like okay. it okay. uh <laughs> so not only can you kind of customize every aspect of your body including makeup teeth nipples body tats scars ears jaws mouths all that stuff Uh, For those guys in the chat, there are two dick types. Now, the interesting thing here is that, keep in mind, it it also says dick size options, meaning if you can already change the size, what is it to dick types? Like
1: uh, curvature, right? Yeah. Correct. <laughs> like it shoots off to the left. Right, like, the are, right. Right. are we
2: talking like, like circumcised and uncircumcised? Like, is that what we're into ah, here?
0: That's a good point. Nick. That is a good point. I hadn't thought about that. Yeah, I hadn't thought about that. That is. Wonder why you haven't thought about that? <laughs> <laughs> I don't often sit around thinking about dick types, to be honest. Um, you know, not more than ten minutes a day, at least. Oh, so,
2: um,
0: but this is uh, just goes to show, right? Um, we're talking about detailed Western RPGs and the detail and depth at which uh, a company like CD project Red goes into. And when when they're putting this much focus into something as trivial as a dick type, uh, and I know we keep saying dick, which is just great for this family-friendly stream we got here. Mm. Um, but when they put that much detail into something so trivial, right, that's not going to impact probably anything in the game. I bet you it will somehow. Um,
1: oh, it's going to impact something.
2: <laughs> if they're if you're, if you're giving you dick detail, you're going to see that. <laughs> so, <laughs> that's true. Well, and
0: they, I think they've said that, right, like graphic sex and other things are going to be in the game um but my point being is that just imagine the depth that they're you know the length that they're going to in the rest of the game which kind of speaks to what you were talking about nick right it's from a world building perspective and the depth at which we're going to see the design of the city and the missions in particular is going to be in my opinion um it's going to set a new bar for the industry i for purely foresee cyberpunk uh i was about to say foreskin i don't know why um (laughs) <laughs> foresee uh, cyberpunk being the defining game of the generation in many ways uh, and really kind of setting that bar heading into next gen so Dan where are you at on this I mean what I kind can, of th- type you I going can,
1: with yeah well, I mean I can't I haven't <laughs> seen mine for three years you know, I can't <laughs> so, <laughs> I'll just, you know I'll probably embellish a little bit maybe has them you know dreads or something down there I don't know we'll see what, um but I, I it's hard for me to say that it's going to be that defining game without, you know, knowing that you've got The Witcher 3 still, this should be better. You've got Red Dead Redemption 2. Um, yes. You know, which, which in my 3.
0: opinion, I think in both our opinions, Dan, in terms of world, yes. I think Red Dead 2 is the greatest ever made.
1: Objectively, which, right now, I mean, I think yeah. that game is just
0: heads and shoulders beyond anything else. Yeah. Come out. Environmentally, yeah. Yeah. So and I, not to interrupt you again, but I've had to approve like eight messages in chat because they keep getting blocked, which I think is hilarious. So uh, just keep at it, guys. I'll keep approving them.
1: Yeah, it's all good. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I, I, I would. I, I'm hoping it is, you know. And I talked about this last week, you know, and I, and my old Twitter, well, the, the Twitter account came back to now. It, it's it. That was my, you know, if if there was a game that I had to end my gaming career on just based on that 45 minute showing they had at E3 uh, last year. Yeah. I mean, that would be it, you know, I mean, it would look so good. And everything we saw this week. I mean, I saw, I watched a couple of the, uh, you know, influencers or whatever, you know, talk yeah, about yeah. it. We were super excited. Um, so I haven't heard really anything bad. And, you know, we know they delayed it if, as long as it comes out this gen. <laughs> it'll probably be the game of the gen, you know? I mean, I know it'll play on this gen. It's just a matter of, you yeah. know.
0: Well, the, I, yeah, I, someone asked about that. Is this a, considered a this-generation game? And the fact is, you know, they've said clearly this game was designed for the Xbox One and PlayStation 4. So yeah. it, it's it's a this-generation game.
1: Yeah. I mean, I this is number one. I mean, it's been, since it was released, it's been my number one most anticipated game. And it will continue to be that way until it comes out in
0: 2052.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so. I'm ready for it, man.
0: Nice. So, Nick, did you check out, uh, did you have a chance to watch Night City Wire? Did you, uh, have you kind of checked out some of these streams? How interested are you in Cyberpunk?
2: I'm insanely interested in it, only for the simple reason, is something we always, like something is an industry we always talk about is devs stagnating and repeating the same steps. This developer does third-person games. This developer does first-person games. To come off The Witcher 3, and then go, we're going to make an FPS open world game like that. That's really interesting to me because that shows a large set of balls, which are customizable. <laughs> um, but no, the I've kind of gone dark on it a bit because I'm to the point now, it's kind of like where I was with Doom Eternal. I've seen enough. I know I'm day one.
0: Yeah.
2: I don't really want to see much else because I kind of want to just dive into it and just be absolutely shocked. By the level of detail. And that's worked really well for me for the past couple of games that have come out this year. It's just kind of absorbing what I know, gauging my interest, and then just kind of going dark on it to just kind of go in surprise on oh, I didn't see that. So it's like, oh, that was in a trailer. I'm like, ha, I didn't see that.
0: <laughs> I gotcha. I gotcha. So this let's touch on this brain dance thing. So if you missed the stream, this brain dance is essentially like a uh, what's the easiest way to describe this guys? It's like a very, very detailed like surveillance. Human,
1: really. Say it again. Like the Detroit become human, like investigation.
0: Oh ah, yeah. Okay. It's
1: similar to that, but it looks even more, more
0: detailed. It seems yeah, like, right? For sure. Yeah. It's almost like a Skynet level surveillance system that you can use yourself to basically investigate. It sounds like crimes and missions and you'll be using it frequently from what they said. So um, yeah, this looked really, really intense. I can only imagine, given the uh, detail at which they were talking about the quest and what's going to be going on, I can only imagine how players are going to be able to use this um, in terms of gameplay. And I fully expect CDPR to uh, to kind of um, think about this in very interesting ways.
1: Man, I'm ready for it, man. I mean, the, the, that, that thing, it looks looks like there's three different layers to it. There's, you know, the way they showed that that whole scene going on i mean i could see it becoming a little bit confusing you know and maybe a little bit you know i don't want to say like immersion breaking a little bit i mean but if they do it right and it's intuitive um i think it'll be really cool i mean i I love that kind of investigative kind of stuff and you know it's one of my favorite parts of detroit so hopefully they do it well and they give it some some beef
0: (laughs) (laughs) beef (laughs) So I'm like clicking all over the place here. Sorry, guys. Um, <clears throat> what was I going to say, Nick? Any other thoughts on uh, what you saw here this week, or, or uh, as you anticipate? Are you at this point, like you said, you are you are done? You're on going on blackout.
2: Yeah, I just I. I I have a friend that works on this game, so I'm a little biased when it comes to this game. And uh, I just, I can't wait for people to see some things. There's some things they haven't shown yet that they're not going to show that are going to blow people away in a really big way in terms of animation fidelity and how the world's going to operate and how you're going to be able to interact with this world. There's some stuff they haven't talked about yet. I don't know if they're going to talk about. And it's just – it's really exciting because usually when you see a new game come out, it pushes one thing. So, like, this is the best thing that we did at this. But with Cyberpunk, they're really trying to go in a bunch of different directions of how far can we push the envelope on everything. And I think that's really interesting. And even if they don't miss – even if they don't hit all the points amazingly – I will give them nothing but credit for trying because I find a lot of games just play way too safe sure. with stuff and they'd seem to be taking genuine risks. So I'm I'm there 100%. I'll, I got that collector's edition on pre-order since they announced it back in yeah. whenever the hell
0: that was. Yeah, it's been a while. It's been a while. <laughs> yeah, and they've got four different – for someone like me, right, there's a steelbook collector. They've got four different steelbooks. One's in the collector's edition and then there's three other ones you can get Pre ordering at companies like Best Buy, so uh, I went ahead and pre ordered five copies, and uh, <laughs> and I plan on just kind of taking back the copies and just getting making sure I get all the steel books because I'm a maniac. So, but yeah, I'm with you. The collector's wow. edition looks fantastic, and the Witcher 3 collector's edition is one of the best, um, I've ever seen, so uh, I have full faith in that as well. See, CD Projekt Red just does quality, I mean, the games are quality, their collectibles are quality it's just what they do um there's a reason that their uh, market wealth or their market cap excuse me has been escalating like mad and they're now worth what eight billion something like that
2: yeah uh, they're, they're they're worth more than all of the ubisoft studios in europe which is yeah
0: crazy. yeah <laughs> which insane. which is nuts right and really when you really think they just have witcher yeah i mean everyone knows the anticipation for cyberpunk but to this point um it's just been built around witcher which is nuts all right, uh, so Night City Wire. This was episode one. They did say the next episode's coming in just a few weeks, so I think you know this is going to be a consistent thing that we see over the next few months leading up to launch, which is pretty cool. And before we even move on from Cyberpunk, I want to give a quick shit out shout out to this girl because she looked awesome. Um, <laughs> and the uh, and the be chewed on this damn video, dude. But uh, if you are watching the live stream, the animation on her and just things Amazing. like. Her eyes, you know, she looked real. It was really, really incredible, Um, which is, you know, something playing The Last of Us 2. I kind of complimented Naughty Dog on the cinematics and just how good they are in that game. So it's neat to see uh, something like that in Cyberpunk as well. So, All right. Yeah, see, HR says her hair and eyes. Yeah, we can keep going on that girl, but we'll leave it alone. She's not even real, for God's sake, so we're going to move on. (laughs) Um, (laughs) All right, so let's talk uh, Avengers. This is a game, uh, very long time coming, Crystal Dynamics. They've been working on this for years now. And this is one we talked about previously when we saw the gameplay that I think a lot of people, there's a lot of excitement around this game, but there's also a lot of, I feel like, caution around this game of kind of noticing some things that don't look just right and so I'm not a big Marvel guy, we've talked about this, I'm not really interested in this game too much, but I do like following its development to see how it's coming along and what it looks like. And so this week we got the War Table stream. This was a long, kind of deep, uh, kind of like a deep dive on the game, which showed us a lot more of it, right? Gameplay, uh, character customization, some of the uh, comic book and history kind of homages they're making, which is pretty cool. Mission design, all those things. So. First things first. Did you guys check this stream out? Did you watch all of this? Yep. Okay. Yeah. How Nick? You you into this? Are you Marvel into kind of Avengers Marvel stuff? Are you looking forward to this game?
2: Uh, I like the some of the Marvel movies. They're okay, but like I, I wouldn't consider myself like a massive Marvel fan. Fan, and there's just something with this game that makes me feel weird about it. I don't know what it is, yeah. but it's just something where I'm just like, over, like as you said overtly cautious about it and i don't know why i like crystal (laughs) dynamics i like marvel but there's just something that's making me go this i get like anthem vibes from it and i don't like it
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah see damn we didn't even have to bring up anthem our guest did this week it's awesome thanks we joke we joke nick that no matter what it's been what a year and a half since anthem came out i don't think we've gone an episode without mentioning it yet it just always comes up in one way or another (laughs) um but I think you're right. And that, that's kind of my point is that when you get a good look at it, and if you're like us who look at games and play games and talk about games day in, day out, every day, um, you start to get a feel for how a game is being developed, how it's progressing, right? So you watch Cyberpunk, you listen to CD Project Red, you look at things like The Witcher 3, you, you have a good feel for what Cyberpunk's going to deliver and the quality it's going to deliver. Um, when I look at Avengers. I don't get that same feeling. I, I think there's gonna be some hiccups here. I don't think it's gonna launch in the best state. Uh, and I think given the timeline and what we've seen, there's obviously been some problems in development as well. So, but I don't know. Dan, what did you think I'm watching this? Well, here's the
1: thing, you know, it's the, the, the biggest thing for me is gonna be the fact that this is gonna be full of microtransactions. I mean, it's- They already the,
0: mentioned it, yeah. Yeah, I mean,
1: yeah, they're just like, yeah, You, you kind of. This is all real money stuff. So <laughs> like, like one of the digital editions comes with like a thousand star points or whatever the hell they're called. Oh, here we go. You know, so it, it's. Maybe it, you
0: can transfer your remaining anthem points over.
1: That's what I was hoping, you know, <laughs> since I have like $40 worth of freaking anthem points. <laughs> sitting there. And I, I check, it's funny because I check it every once in a while. I think I follow somebody on Twitter and I'm like, okay, let's see what they got. Nope, all <clears throat> garbage, still garbage. You know, I, I'm just looking for like one skin that I can just say, get it out of here so I can, you know. Say hey, I, I spent my money. Now it's worth it. But you know, this this one, I, I'm a huge Marvel guy. I'm a huge Avengers fan. I'm not a big Kamala Khan guy, you know. But like Miss Marvel, the main character. But I don't think anyone I, is. Yeah, I mean, she. I think she. She's got a. She's. I don't know. don't say she's niche because she's got a very very big following. You know, in the okay. in the comic book world. You know okay. but and she's she's got she's an interesting character to you know go through this with but it looks like you play through it as her through the main story other missions will pop up where you play say like they show the thor one where he comes in um yes. or, you know so that's cool if they were to continue to put more missions out add more characters and you know make this you know they could do it I'm it, but like you guys there's something about it it's just you know just it's wrong yeah. You know,
2: the the thing that really turned me off was during that live stream, they did a thing and they were like, this is your skill tree and these are are your levels for upgrading. And the amount of skill tree points and the amount of levels for just one character in a game that's talking about you play as eight or nine, I'm like, there's no way you guys have mission variety enough for me to level up these characters. I'm going to end up playing the same missions over and over again. That's, I think, the thing that worries me the most is – how repetitive is this gonna be? And they're really doing a terrible job at selling this game. Is this a game you purely play with your friends? Is this a game that you can purely enjoy by yourself? Like, is it feels like Warframe, except they don't want to compare it to Warframe.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, which, oh. which again, would go back to design and developmental issues, right? Which could yep. speak to the timeline and kind of debates maybe internally with the team of direction. Um, yeah, they, cause they did, they mentioned that, uh, co-op mode that you can play with four friends, which is like, uh, it's just like a, it sounded more like a horde type mode that you can play, but they haven't, to your point, they haven't really talked about game length or how many missions there are single player, you know, what that looks like, which at this point is kind of strange.
1: Yeah. I would hope that they come out with some more information about that. I mean, it doesn't matter cause I already pre-ordered it. Like fool, <laughs> I, I, I'm. I'm. This whole 2000 and you know 20 thing. I'm just gonna basically order stuff that you know people have like the uh, license licensing for the marketing for from now on. So I just got it on the PS4. Okay. So, you know what I mean. So like Valhalla will go on the Xbox. Cause, you know you're gonna get a little bit of bonuses here and there from just all that kind so of it's
0: stuff. working yeah. on you yeah it's totally working I mean, really started <laughs> waiting a, you
1: know a month or two to play DLC for control right so I bought it on the playstation I played through it you know now I own it on both of them but it, it, I hate that kind of stuff it's
0: very frustrating so
1: yeah so now I'm just gonna just dive in head first so this one's <laughs> gonna be on the ps4 you know I'm gonna be playing it on there um and we'll see how it goes I might not have anybody to play with Except for PlayStation, Well, But you know, even maybe not even him. I don't know. I'm I'm cautiously optimistic, but I'm not like Anthem level hyped because you know that never get
2: that hyped again. No.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, when (laughs) it was so bad that when I fart now, like you don't hear anything coming out. That's how bad that hype was. That's how bad (laughs) I got reamed on that stupid thing.
0: (laughs) That took me a second to get there. Where you were going with that? No worries. worries. (laughs) But yeah, one thing I do think, uh, and Dan, I'll get your comments since I know you're a big kind of comic fan, Marvel fan. Um, One thing that I did think was cool was how they were showing uh, some of the kind of mission... It's not really like the full quest design, but somehow some of the missions kind of relate to classic comic book stories. And they showed what comic it was from and what year and stuff, as well as you can unlock outfits from specific times and eras for for characters. Uh, The disappointing thing, of course, as you said, is, you know, some are unlocked in single player, some are unlocked through progression. But they very clearly said that some are going to be you have to buy them, which, uh, you know, as well as I do. Usually what happens in that case is the best ones, the most classic ones are the ones you have to buy. So yep. we'll see how dirt we'll see how dirty it is.
1: Yeah. Oh no. I mean I'm fully expecting this to be a hundred and twenty dollar game when I'm all done with it. So
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, also, I also think too
2: is the wow factor was kind of lost on this game because since we got God of War twenty eighteen, Thor throwing his hammer around like that was just like okay. Yeah. We we did this two years ago. If they if that had come out pre God of War, people would have lost their minds, I think. Yeah. Because we're yeah, 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 like, the whole, like, boomerang technology with the hammer and the combos, that looked really cool, but I'm like, I kind of already have done this before. It's <laughs> yep.
0: probably not even going to feel as good as God of War, either. Yeah, no,
2: Zero, no, zero, no. Chance.
0: <laughs> zero chance. that happens.
1: Yeah. I mean, yeah, this is next-gen upgrade. I think they said they were going to upgrade it for both PlayStation and uh
0: Xbox yeah. One So yeah, I know they said that uh it's playable, like you'll get your upgrade for free, but I don't know what the upgrade entails. Yeah, I don't know. Like what are they doing it, to it? it? Supposedly
2: it's supposed to take it, it I use corporate PR quotations. It takes, the upgrade will use the full power of both systems. Of
0: course it will. Yeah, of course and it will. In
2: terms of SSD and power and I'm like, "Okay, so which one though?"
0: <laughs> <laughs> We're not even getting into that. <laughs> all right okay. hr head bomber says you need my shirt hey man I, this is directly from um cd project red uh they should be in stock they just updated their store the other day actually and honestly i've ordered you guys know i wear a different game shirt like every week um the shirts from cd project red are ridiculously high quality yeah they are. is like,
1: that the one you got me from e3 yeah,
0: yeah yeah same one. yeah here. i mean it's super it's high dopey. quality so if you really like cyberpunk or witcher and you want shirts order it from them don't order like Ebay shit. Order it directly from CDPR. Mm-hmm. All right, let's talk about Dan's favorite topic. Well, first I have to pose the question to Nick. We're going to move on to Halo Infinite because we got the first kind of tease, uh, obviously leading into Xbox's July event where Halo Infinite is expected to be kind of you know the premier title, right? Because it's their blockbuster for launch. Nick, are you a Halo person? Yes. Yes. <laughs> All right. I know we're in good hands. I always I've got to check my guests ahead of time to make sure we can always outnumber Dan. And not be in good shape.
1: That's not hard.
0: i will
2: I'll go against Dan just for the sake of going against Dan. <laughs> True.
0: We're True. gonna have you on more often there. <laughs> All right. Um, so Halo Infinite, we got our first tease this week out of nowhere. It was one of those they just dropped a, a minute long kind of voice tease on Twitter. Um, and very clearly uh, pointed out that uh, Atriox and the Banished, who, if you played Halo Wars 2, or are familiar with some of the graphic novels in the Halo lore, um, kind of big players there. So Halo Infinite is uh, takes place just after Halo 5 in timeline, um, and it's clear now that the Brutes and the Banished, if you will, are going to play a role in this, which is incredibly exciting, I think, for most Halo fans, uh, because they didn't really know where Infinite was going to go directly, despite the end of halo 5 kind of leaving it open um but halo 5 you know regarded by many halo fans is one of the worst uh campaigns so anyway uh i thought this was really exciting um atriox is an incredible kind of antagonist type character uh very kind of big powerful uh the type of battle you'd like to see you know chief and the crew go up against so Uh without a doubt we're gonna see this game probably in full here in a couple of weeks. But Nick, did this get you kind of pumped? Did you uh did you play Halo Wars 2? Were you a fan of that or you prefer kind of the
2: main? Yeah, no, Halo Halo Wars Wars 2 is the best Halo game that's come out this generation of consoles. Like
1: I'm with you, buddy. (laughs)
2: <laughs> um atrox like i played through halo wars 2 just on the fact my friends like you need to play just for atrox if, if you're not a huge uh strategy fan i'm a huge strategy fan so it was a win-win situation nice, but nice. i finished that game and i went it would be a missed opportunity if they didn't use him in a main no, no doubt because like it was one of the best. like halo wars 2 is probably one of the better halo stories in terms of writing and i sat there and went Now we just need to transition that to the mainline Halo series. I thought it solved a lot of issues people had with like 343's writing of some of the games, Mm. um, especially with 5. And I thought it was a great opportunity. And to see them take advantage of it really makes me happy because it really gives credence to the fact that they are listening to what their fans want.
0: Yeah, no doubt. And uh, I I don't I might have known this and forgot it, but I didn't realize that there's two people that have been writing Halo Infinite. One um, at th- who's been at 343 and it was part of the crew on Halo Wars 2, but also the Batman Arkham City lead writer is the other guy writing Halo Infinite, yeah. um, which I haven't played, but everyone I've talked to said the story was awesome. And so uh, this is uh, to your point, I think between who we know is writing this game how important 343 knows the narrative is for this game. And the fact now that we know Atriox and the banish are going to be in this game, I think we're in for a real treat. Yeah. Are we talking about something else? <laughs> <laughs> I do about? have a button that says remove from stream. <laughs> um,
1: Listen, I agree with Nick. Halo Wars two was excellent. I played, um, I'm still only halfway through. It's on my, one of my, on my, on my list to finish. I'm actually probably a little bit farther than that. Um, the story was is great so far. The cinematics in it, I think, were some of the best I've seen in a while. Especially for that's
0: Blair Studio, man. They're brilliant.
1: It's nuts. I mean, this is yeah. you know, it's basically an RTS, you know, and it's 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 got better you know, uh, cinematics in a lot of games, you know, that are supposed to have these amazing cinematics. <laughs> so it was awesome. Like the first part, just even just the opening was incredible. So I, I'm I'm excited to play the. The single player can't play and I'm not going to lie. It's, it's It looks, you know, it, I always play them. So I just will never touch the multiplayer because I have no patience for it. Um, there are so many people that play it, though. Um, I mean, it's going to be huge. I think it's going to be huge.
0: It's going to be massive. Yeah. yeah. It's going to be massive.
1: Yeah. As long as they come out and it, it's it works good and, you know, everything's high and tight, we're good to go, buddy.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, I wanted to shout out some people. So I saw Megatron stopped in. Jordan take off, man. Thanks for stopping by as always. And Chris is in the house. Fast back. What's up, man? Um, so yeah, I think uh, I, it goes without saying. I talk about Halo all the time. It's my favorite series. Um, I am ridiculously excited for this game and hearing what we're hearing. I think uh, Halo 5's multiplayer uh, was incredible. And I think that um, you know it's widely kind of accepted that the multiplayer they already had kind of down. So between uh, a tremendous campaign, hopefully an infinite new multiplayer, And we'll have to see, of course, what they do with multiplayer, because with Battle Royale being such a big genre, they've kind of tiptoed around that. Sometimes they said they're not interested in it. Other times they kind of hint at it. Um, We'll see what they deliver. But yeah, I could not be more excited. I think the only thing that drives me crazy that I realized this week now is November, between the end of October and November now means we're going to get Assassin's Creed, Valhalla, Cyberpunk and Halo all within a few weeks of each other. And to me, that's just I don't know how I'm going to manage to get any work done. That's gonna suck for you, but not. For you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Valhalla and Cyberpunk alone for you.
1: Yeah, that'll be that'll be terrible. But you know, <laughs> Halo will be like a nice, you know, hopefully ten to fifteen hours, and man. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I'm better (laughs) stopping.
0: Cortana is judging you behind me, wherever she is. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs)
1: All
0: right. So Mariana Pampa, thanks, man, for the five dollars super chat. Says, "Hey guys, great topics. Glad I could catch it live. Would you guys? What would you guys like to see in Halo Infinite? So uh, for me personally, um, we kind of just touched on it, right? I really want the campaign to be meaningful. Um, Everything we're hearing about it sounds really good." To me, uh, Halo 4 was a brilliant, brilliant campaign. I loved seeing the kind of humanization of Chief and his relationship with Cortana. I hope they get back to some of that. Um, Really didn't care for where they went with Cortana in Halo 5, so we'll see what happens there. But um, I really want a meaningful campaign that makes me feel uh, kind of attached to Chief again because they really screwed that up in Halo 5, in my opinion, after 4. Uh, Multiplayer, just do, do bring what... Your expertise in Halo 5, bring that forward to 2020. Give us new modes, make sure it's polished to a damn t, and everything runs smoothly. But as long as it's very competitive, uh, I'm all in. I mean, that's the game that I'll stop everything else for. So that's what I want. You guys? Dan, we kind of know you yeah. said you want a good campaign. That's a, yeah, that's it. That's the <laughs> one.
2: <laughs> um, you you kind of touched on everything I want too, but one thing I'd love to see them integrate—that um, was something great with—I think it was—it was still technically Bungie, but Halo Reach had great tournament play interactivity. Within the game and getting into esports and stuff was really easy through Halo Reach. Would love to see 343 and Microsoft kind of, because with how big esports is and how big Halo is, I'd really like to see them really push forward on the online aspect. If they're going to push forward and make a more focus on competition driven, I'd love to see them kind of raise up the pro Halo community because as someone who was part of that for a couple of years, Esports has been huge for so long, and Halo was such a huge part of esports early on. It's just so sad Mm -hmm. that while everything's been growing, it's kind of stagnated. Um, Same thing goes with Gears of War, unfortunately. I just hope that Microsoft can see the potential in both those and uh, deliver more, because I would love to get back into competitive SWAT play again, but
0: Mm. we'll see what the future holds. Sounds like we need to play more often, Nick, because I need some confident Halo players on my team. <laughs> I, I, Dan sounds like he's amazing at it, so I don't know why you're more
1: you need. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I was uh, I was ranked once. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I was at the bottom, but I was ranked <laughs> <laughs> very
1: very bottom.
0: <laughs> so yeah, and we didn't even really touch on PVE, right? Like Eila mentioned, you know, and uh, Darren uh, PVE. So previously we had Firefight, of course, and with Halo Five, that kind of expanded that concept of Warzone, which in my opinion, was very well done in in aspects. It it had some shortcomings, but I think it was a good attempt. And, you know, considering this is early on in the Xbox One generation, it was a pretty broad attempt. Uh, I thought it was really cool having the custom weapons and everything else too. So it's going to be interesting to see if they bring Warzone forward uh, and if they modify it or turn it into something else. But I really, um, one of the things they did mention, I love Big Team Battle from a competitive side um and i really you know uh, big team battle was like an afterthought in halo 5 so i'm looking forward to them fixing that with infinite as well so yeah and we won't touch on gears but gears pro league is it's kind of a shame you know there is one it does get broadcast but there's the audience just isn't there and gears is a hard game um Mm -hmm. to kind of get that pro you know that pro aspect too which is a shame but anyway moving on to something you can talk about more dan so suicide squad and batman games so uh some of the most Kind of long rumored games in production for or development for a while now uh, is what has Rocksteady been up to? Because like almost like Crystal Dynamics, it's like they've supposedly been working on something for years and years, and we still haven't seen it. And they just keep saying we'll show you soon, and then they never show anything. And we know that a Batman game is coming as well. So the latest information that came out this week was that in DC Fandom in on August twenty second, which we talked about last week, we're going to see two new games from the DC universe. The first is titled Suicide Squad, Kill the Justice League, and that's the game that's being made by Rocksteady. So, um, you know, the fact that Rocksteady is, you know, very highly regarded and uh, they could do something like a Suicide Squad game has obviously a massive amount of potential. And then the other game is supposedly titled Gotham Knights, and this is the one that's being made by WB Montreal, who made the... um, uh, Gotham Origins, wasn't it? Yes, thank you. Yes, Origins. Yes, the one outside of that trilogy that is still very highly regarded, uh, as I understand it anyway. I haven't played all these. So uh, I think this is really exciting. I know that uh, people are really looking forward to these games. So, um, Nick, I don't know where you stand on kind of the Marvel or excuse me, the comic games, uh, especially the DC ones. Are you big into these like Batman games, the Batman trilogy and Origins stuff?
2: Oh, yeah, like, the Arkham Trilogy was, like, my favorite, uh, s- like, superhero video game like oh, of all time in terms of that. And, like, Rocksteady is absolutely fantastic in their world building. As long as they lock Jared Leto out of the building in a Suicide <laughs> Squad game, we'll be good. We'll be fine. Everything will be okay. Uh, <laughs> as long as they don't try, like, I swear to God, if we get a Suicide Squad game that's... It, the DC parallel of the Marvel's Avengers game, I'm going to be so incredibly sad. <laughs> it's got co-op, it's got microtransactions. It's, oh no.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it might be have so. a focus, yeah. So Dan, you guys go ahead because I'm going to pull the Halo Dan card on this one. I'll just sit back and let you guys talk. Well, that's good, all
1: right. <laughs> so, <laughs> so Rocksteady, it, I wish these games were like flipped. You know, because I mean, I, I never played Origins, so I can't really speak on it too much, but I did play the Arkham series. It's one of my favorite comic book series. I, I don't know if they were aware that the Suicide Squad movie actually came out and then it sucked, but apparently they aren't. So I, I don't know what they're trying to do here. I, I'm not a huge Suicide Squad guy. Um, I'm generally not a big DC guy, but Batman is amazing. Um, So I was really hoping Rocksteady was working on a new uh, Batman movie or movie uh, game, but we'll see what WB Montreal does. I have no idea. I mean, I'm probably gonna buy them both and then be upset. If they do the microtransaction route, I I, I might actually not buy them. Mark it down.
0: I don't believe you. Yeah, I yeah. I don't. I don't believe that. you, Dan. There's no game <laughs> yeah. you don't buy. If it's if
2: it's a, if it's a big game, Dan's um, bought it. <laughs>
1: likely. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm. I want a new Batman game. I want to see what they have. Um. Hopefully, it'll be. You know, they incorporate it somehow in the Suicide Squad game. I don't. Even, you know, nobody knows what it is, so it's kind of hard to judge it. But, I mean, just based on the, you know, what it's about, I mean, I, eh, nah.
2: <laughs> my, my only wish at this point is that Rocksteady would stop teasing it. I literally – I started yeah. writing about video games three years ago, and every E3 I have a teaser from them about what they've been working on. I'm so sick of writing Rocksteady teases new game. Like literally in the times I've covered games, and it's only been three years, they've supposedly been doing a Superman game. Yeah. There was a time where people yep. thought they were doing an Aquaman game. Which was a weird time frame. There was <laughs> it's a new Batman game, and now where it's to a Suicide Squad game. I'm like, I'm not believing it until I see it at this point.
1: Yeah, because, well, I mean, yeah. With, the, with the Justice League, you know, maybe we do see some Batman, some Aquaman, some Green Lantern. Maybe you know, yeah, I have no idea. You know, we'll, we'll see. But I've always thought, like, you know, that those guys, you know, that Justice League was so much more powerful than these Suicide Squad guys. I mean, they're all you know basically just schmucks anyway so i mean it's <laughs> harley quinn is like the only one that you know you know from the movie even you know that's actually likable and enjoyable to play so i don't know man I, it's just give us something already forgot they're you know, <laughs> waiting wait another month or two two months yeah yeah come on now
0: <laughs> well and remember this hasn't been confirmed or anything this is just information that's come out even worse so. Yeah, this yeah. These are yeah, cool. like this
2: they're is this this is the like third confirmed rumor I've seen where people are like industry people are like yes, this is definitely what they're working on, and then every time <laughs> it turns out not to be the case, I'm like, can we just get concrete information? Like, there's even a rumor I saw. I think it was like. Four months ago, that in late 2019, they took the entire game back to the drawing board again. So it's like, is that, are we going to just get the first, re, like, could you imagine if they reveal something in like August and they're like, yeah, this will come in 2021? Do you know how unimaginably pissed people are going to be <laughs> to have to wait another like year and a half for Rock City and make a game? Cause it's been five years now it's since been Arkham a while. Knight. Yeah. Come on. Yep. So come on a lot of expectations at this point
0: yeah Yeah, that's interesting um but yeah i mean we could very well go past the august event and still not really know uh, which would be crazy because then we're basically getting into next generation right we're still not knowing so we'll see we will see bad bit what's up man walter good to see you all right let's talk about some western rpgs uh so this week we got what they're calling a quarterly update on uh, diablo 4's development so uh this is a game that from a um release date standpoint is another one where, you know, Blizzard does their own thing, right? This game will come out when it comes out. Um, but the, the development update wasn't too deep, really, but it did give us a little insight to some things that I thought were interesting. So um, it's got a partial open world design, which I think kind of freaks everyone out when they first hear it. But if you actually read their update, they said they're kind of toying around with what this looks like. So it sounds a little bit like a cross between uh, Diablo 3 and Path of Exile, where when you get to like the social hubs like Sanctuary, there'll be other real people kind of wandering around, you know, through the city. Um, And they're also gonna have things like world events where if you're out wandering the map and just like exploring, uh, there'll be other real people where you can jump into an event, kill like a giant monster, get your loot and then just separate. And you don't really have to interact with them, but it's something you tackle together, which sounds kind of cool. and they said that uh, in this game, it's going to have like a big map, like an open world map. And not only can you do kind of the mainline story missions, but it is going to have things like side quests and just the ability to explore the whole world where you can just kind of wander around uh, and just, you know, obviously fight guys and get loot and whatnot. Uh, one of the other things they mentioned is this game's actually going to have mounts, which I found interesting. So um, it's going to have fully customizable mounts. And they talked about things kind of like Witcher, where you can put like trophies on your mount, um, and you can customize it and upgrade it. So they said it's a whole nother path of customization in the game. Um, so this is this is pretty interesting. Uh, they're already play testing it. Obviously, at Blizzard, they said they're kind of experimenting with how social to make it and not social because they know there are those hardcore Diablo players that just want the experience where you're playing either by yourself or with your group. And they said that whenever you're on a mission or you're in a dungeon uh it will just be you and whoever you're playing co op with. Um so I, I kinda like the sound of this. I just hope they don't try to make it like a full on social experience because I think that would ruin what uh what Diablo is at its core.
1: I mean I'm I, I just want more Diablo. So <laughs> you know as long as they don't I mean here's the thing you, you've got a proven, you know, IP that you know works. You know, they still people play it all the time. They still got all these seasons going on.
0: Diablo is uh, legendary, man. Like, yeah, it's, it's
1: it's all you have to do is continue to add things to it. That you know, like quality of life stuff. You don't have to go crazy. You know, you don't have to maybe. You know, I, we'll see what this open world thing is. I love the mounts. It's a great idea. Um, depending on how they're implemented, I guess. Sure. Um, but you know, it, it's I just want more of the goodness from blizzard you know so this is this is what it is you know i mean everybody wants the more diablo 4 i mean it, it's it's this is crazy this is gonna be an amazing game i'll be playing it day one wherever that may
0: be i have no idea that's the other big question right is diablo if it's like diablo 3 or going back even further right yeah. it's the only pc at launch so we'll have to see if they do the that's same okay. thing yeah i'm gonna play it wherever the hell it is it yeah
1: we'll be I mean, yeah no. we'll be smashing stuff all over the place so yeah it'll be it'll be a good time for sure.
0: Nick Nick, big uh so you know we talk about Baldur's Gate Western RPGs, right? Is Diablo in that list for you?
2: Diablo one and two are I could never get into Diablo three if my life depended on it. Um really? just it never clicked. I I can't even put a finger on why. I bought it day one, played it for fifteen Diablo hours. Diablo three at
0: launch was rough. And I played it for was-
2: fifteen hours and I went, eh. And then, like four years later, my friend's like, "Oh, you should get back into it." And then there was all this stuff with it already, and I'm like, "Oh, what is going on with this game now?" Yeah, that's kind of different. Yeah, it's. I I'm really excited for the game. Uh, like Diablo Four. Um, <laughs> social aspects is interesting because I do like the aspects of playing with my friends. I think that's a really cool aspect. Um, as you said, like there's just certain phrases that people use in pr that make me incredibly nervous um open world design terrifies the hell out of me and the i like the idea of the mounts but as someone who played world of warcraft i'm also scared of the monetization that comes with those mounts as well Mm. um and that's not even a blizzard thing i'm worried about because diablo has always been kind of great in that aspect but there's been a lot more activision than there's been blizzard lately so um <laughs> yeah. i don't want no activision in my diablo 4 is basically what i'm saying but i think i think with i think with the changes they've made they've added some people of the team as everyone knows like gears gears leader rod yeah. ferguson's now oh, yeah. in charge of the diablo franchise um i think just Really? Yeah, like, like to go from, oh, you were in charge of Gears of War from Epic to the Coalition. Now you're in charge of Diablo, which might be what if not the biggest PC franchise of all sure. time. And there's no one that, I, I know we, we goofed about, oh, we'll play it in like 2023. And Rod Ferguson does not mess around with release dates. That man got Bioshock Infinite out the door. He turned Gears of War 4 around and then dropped Gears 5, like, what, three years later? Yeah, and it managed, it managed to make great improvements on everything going forward. The man is a wizard when it comes to... Uh, I'm, I'm work allocation, maybe would be what I would call <laughs> it, but he's really good at me going, you're really good at this, so you do this, and just getting productivity flowing in a good and healthy way. Because it's it's really important to note that like Blizzard has a bad reputation for crunch, but there's never been a studio Rod Ferguson has worked at that has been bad for crunch. So A lot of people even said in the early Gears of War days, it was like 44, 50-hour weeks. So if you can keep your developers healthy and creating great games, I think Diablo 4 is great.
0: Yeah. I think we have the quotes we need to send to Blizzard. So we've got a combination of keep your Activision out of our Diablo, and we've got more of the goodness. So Mm -hmm. we pretty much nailed it. I mean, why we're not studio directors, I don't really know.
1: I would think. (laughs) Like
2: whoever doesn't hire Dan to be their PR guy is just to, to be the More, <laughs> goodness,
0: 2021.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I got no time for nonsense.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, no, I'm, I, this is one of those games. Diablo is one of the few franchises for me where day one, I'll be there. It doesn't matter where it is. It doesn't matter what it requires. When Diablo three came out, uh, is when I built the PC before this one, actually. Um, it was like, I got to be ready for Diablo's launch, built a new PC, done. Uh, sadly, Diablo 3 at launch was a goddamn disaster, but uh, I still <laughs> I still played it for hundreds of hours, and since then it's become a fantastic game, and I've played it for even more hundreds of hours. So uh, just I would hope that that team learned their lesson with 3. We say that about a lot of developers, right? But I hope they learned their lesson with 3, and we won't see anything kind of crazy at launch that'll that'll ruin it. So we'll see. We'll see. We will see. So one thing that I don't think is going to be ruined at launch, segue, is Baldur's Gate 3. Cool. I think, uh, you know, we've got Nick on. we got to talk about it. So we've got almost what I would consider, Nick, I'm curious to hear your thoughts, but almost what I would consider kind of the dream developer working on this um, in Larian Studios. Uh, these guys know what they're doing in this vein. Uh, when it comes to kind of Western RPG design, uh, it looks like they're really diving deep into the DD mechanics here, which I love, um, and really kind of injecting that universe into the game. And so everything I've seen of this game, and we got a little more, I think it was a week and a half ago at DD Live, everything I've seen of this game so far just screams almost like instant classic to me in a game that I'm going to want to put a lot, a lot of time into. So being someone where Baldur's Gate 2 is your favorite game of all time, um, and you're really kind of, you know, paying very close attention to this, probably more than most. What are your thoughts so far on what we've seen here?
2: It, it's actually really, the funniest thing about, the whole Baldur's Gate 3 thing to me is, like, there's a – I recorded an E3 prediction episode before E3 2019, and I just took a shot in a pan. I was like, they're going to announce Baldur's Gate 3. And they're <laughs> everyone laughed at me, and they are like, well, if there was a studio that you would say would do Baldur's Gate 3, who would it be? Because BioWare would not be an obvious answer anymore.
0: No, no and we, and we I, can't get Bioware from 2008 back. So,
2: yeah. So, <laughs> I just went Larian Studios because Divinity Original Sin 1 and 2 are absolutely fantastic games yeah. that were well designed and from the ground up, very gave me that Baldur's Gate feel of fantasy and humor and still being dark. And it was just really well balanced. And then at the Google Stadia event, of all things, like the only good thing that's come out of Google <laughs> Stadia is that they announced Baldur's Gate 3. Um, but yeah, like this game is hitting all the right notes and like, it's really cool to see, cause very often when you see developers pick up a franchise, they did not create, you feel like they're handling someone else's work. So they don't want to do too much with it. They want to kind of keep it original. All these guys seem to love <coughs> Baldur's Gate, but also go, we need to do it in a way that makes sense for us. We can't just simply copy the second game and make it the third game. And I really like how immersive the world they're building. I like how they're doing it their own way and focusing more on, like, the turn-based style combat and everything else. It's just really unique. And to see people get excited for this game, is it's just really cool for me because this is a game I've been yelling and screaming about (laughs) on social media since the game came out in, like, 2002. So, like, we're, like – and we're hanging into early access in August, most likely, for this game. And I think the coolest thing is when they were talking PR, I was talking to the PR director for the game, and I was like we were tweeting back and forth. I was like, So what's the length of the first chapter? He's like, Well, the first he's like the early access chapter is gonna be about the size of Divinity Original Sin two. I'm like, oh my Whoa. Goodness. Jeez,
1: man. He's like
2: horrible. he's like, Yeah, it's gonna be one of the first massive chapters of the game. He's like because he's like the greatest thing about Baldur's Gate two. And if anyone played the original on PC, that game was eight discs. <laughs> that that game was eight discs. And back when had there a,
0: were CDs at the time, because they only yeah, held like seven hundred megs, right?
2: Yeah. So they had eight CDs plus a three DLs, three three disc DLC expansion for an ultimate end game as well and he's like it's really about delivering what fans want and like as a fan i don't think they they could have done a better job in how they've shown this how clear they're being on the messaging like we've literally got i think i looked it up it's like we have like three and a half hours of footage of this game at this point i wish more developers would do that i hate the fact that we're hanging into some games and we've got like two minutes of gameplay revealed, developers should feel comfortable with what they're making and be able to show what they're working on. I think Baldur's Gate 3 is gonna be massive because even if you haven't played the old ones, this is a new experience that old fans are gonna love and new people can jump in and be like, whoa, this is a really cool and immersive world.
0: Yeah, well, and they clearly have confidence in what they're building, which allows them to do that, right? And there's a there's an interesting story for fans of this who uh, about basically how Larian got wizards of the coast to trust them with it because at first uh larian wizards of the coast guards this stuff very closely Mm -hmm. um and uh you know there's a really cool story about how larian kind of proved themselves with divinity um that they could handle the Baldur's gate and that's what uh, allowed or excuse me that's what got wizards of the coast to allow larian to make a Baldur's gate 3 which i think is so it's almost like a dream scenario right um which i think is really really cool uh, HR says, uh, "Will this game get Stadia up and going?" Uh, that's a firm no. Uh, yeah, no, <laughs> hard no, no, no. 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 You, you, you can't place that onus on Baldur's Gate, man. That's not fair.
2: Well, <laughs> well it's, it's actually hilarious because like, I, I have like the most potato PC of all time (laughs) and Baldur's Gate 3 the main director is like right now we're having a hard time having the game optimized and right now we can't run it on anything lower than a 2070 super and I'm like I'm like okay (laughs) so I'm kind of screwballed I was like no I'm not Google Stadia baby (laughs) I'll sign up for Google (laughs) Stadia for a month to play
0: Baldur's Gate I do not care and they're still giving a month free or two months free aren't they yeah. Uh, the whole pro thing, yeah.
2: Yeah. So, like, I'll sign up for Google Stadia just to play Baldur's Gate because my PC would probably explode if I even think
1: about it. <laughs> nice, man. Listen, man, I mean, it, the, here's the thing. Larian Studios is amazing. Uh, Divinity Original Sin 2 was... It's one of those games where you I play it, then I have to play it some more, and you almost have to start over because you don't remember how to do everything. And... You know, so it's just like, crap, not to go back and do this again. You know, I started that game yeah. like five times, yeah. So, and I've gotten pretty far. It's just, it's just you get to a point where you just like, I don't know what it was. Like with Baldur's Gate in, in that series, I played that back in the day, and that was it was so much different at the time than it was anything else. I'm super excited for 3. Um, to Nick's point, I don't know if this PC will run it or not. We'll find out. Um, <laughs> I'm definitely not stating it so it's <laughs> we're gonna see what happens i'm you know they they've been very very clear with the messaging you know it, it, it looks like it's going to be a huge game huge and it, it might be overwhelming for some people for sure um because even even without the you know D mechanics in like in, in uh their last game uh divinity it it, it was still super deep super yep. super deep and it, it's it's gonna be a little bit overwhelming it's all gonna you know it, we'll see when it comes out you know if it's it decides to come out you know with other games around it I mean this is one that you need to settle you know a couple months aside and just go all in on it I'm yep. excited for it, for sure
0: yeah yeah I'm with you and that's why so I'm kind of fortunate I just got built this pc this year uh, and I can look forward to running it Nick we don't have a, a release date for this game right
2: uh no it hits early access august 2020 and they said that is a flexible window because of work from home situations Mm -hmm. sure sure. um but no they said it was going to be very similar to divinity original sin 2 in terms of its early access of you buy it at early access price and then they work towards getting it to full release has something to do with their funding structure i believe
0: Um, but realistically this is a 2021 game
2: Yeah, realistically, like, I see this being, like, summer 2021 for them to finish it, I would think. But it also makes me wonder of, like, what the scale of the game is, is if the early access preview build is the size of their last game. Like, I didn't – I played Divinity Original Sin 2 later. I didn't play it when it hit early access or anything like that. So I don't know whether the whole game's built front to back when they release it in early access and they just polish it through or if they add chunks as they go because i i didn't play the original sin when it launched so Mm.
0: yeah it's gonna be interesting though but it uh yeah it looks fantastic and definitely uh definitely gonna be there on day one too assuming i'd actually be more excited if it doesn't come out till kind of mid next year because if it was coming out this fall with everything else we've already talked about i'd be in a lot of trouble yep (laughs) Couple other things to touch on, guys. So uh, real quick, and I, I don't know where you are on any of this stuff, uh, Nick. But uh, I'm a huge Cuphead fan. We talk about Cuphead all the time, and we did get the Netflix tease of this uh, this week this week for the animated series, which um, I think really looks cool. And they they just gave us a minute. You know, they showed the Cuphead and Mugman voice actors, and uh, it just looks really fun. So uh, they said it's coming soon. Pretty excited about this one. Love Cuphead, and I'm presuming that we will get the uh, Delicious Last Course kind of look and hopefully release date here at Xbox's event here in a few weeks. You a Cuphead uh, fan, Nick? I can't remember.
2: Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. like my, my kids are actually even bigger Cuphead fans than I than I am. Like, I have probably at least a hundred pieces of Cuphead merchandise because of my kids. That's like, awesome. They love the art design, they love the music. They don't necessarily, like, my oldest daughter's five, but so, like mechanically, she has a really hard time playing Cuphead. Sure. But, like, we play co-op, and she absolutely loves the game. I beat it through. It was one of – like, beating that game on hard for no hit with the devil just was one of the best feelings in the world. And there's very few games that give you that instant gratification feelings that don't have the word souls in them, and I don't like (laughs) it. So, yeah, no, Cuphead's amazing. The Delicious Last course is going to be amazing whenever it comes out. And I'm really terrified on what they're going to pack into that DLC since they've had so much time to work on
0: it. No doubt. Yeah, I think it's going to be bigger than we expect. And I I just can't wait. And to your point, yeah, I did a, uh, I had already beat the game and I did everything else, uh, like all the uh, unlock the pacifist mode and beat all, you know, I had everything except the expert achievement and i did a a, like a six hour live stream for extra life where i beat everything else on expert um and it was just one of the most satisfying things i've done this gaming generation it's so much fun do your kids do you have the uh, cuphead among man plushes Yep. okay (laughs) awesome (laughs) awesome Good. i've literally got two extra ones i've got two over there and two over here i'm getting ready to sell and i would have just sent them to you so that's good um dan uh i can't remember you can't remember where you stand on cuphead it's
1: good it's fun, it's, it's nice to look at. Yeah, <laughs> it's, and it's like cool. I
0: would rather punch myself in
1: certain areas. Yeah, I mean, I, <laughs> yeah, right. If I'm gonna, you know, abuse myself, then I'm gonna do it in a loving, tender way. <laughs> to, you know, <laughs> play this game. So, I mean, but I do, I did like your stream. I did like, you know, I do like watching. I think the art style is awesome. Um, I like everything about it except for
0: actually playing it. So. <laughs> Oh, there you go. So you don't have to play the animated series. No. It's be great. <laughs> just watch it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Our last topic we'll touch on is, um, you know, this was big news this week. And so we don't have to stay on it forever. But the uh, Xbox is shutting down Mixer. And, in fact, Vogel in the chat, what's up, Vogel, just said that he's noticing that Mixer is no longer on the Xbox dashboard. Uh, so we know that I think it's July 22nd. I'm going off of memory. Is the final day of Mixer. Um, they're transitioning to a partnership with Facebook Gaming, and, uh, you know, this took people, I think for a while now, the writing's been on the wall that something weird was going on at Mixer. We've kind of talked about it at various times uh, over the past several months. But this is, uh, this is strange to me, guys, because for a number of reasons. One, yeah, Mixer wasn't competing, right? It wasn't competing with YouTube, Facebook, and, uh, and Twitch at a high level. It just they weren't putting in what needed to be put in to compete, And so it wasn't growing the same way. Um, And I understand, of course, that Amazon's purchase of Twitch has made them like a juggernaut because of Amazon Prime and Twitch Prime and all those things. But uh, this comes at a weird time because you're getting ready to launch your new console in less than six months, right? Uh, Game streaming is growing exponentially. It's bigger than it's ever been, and I think it'll continue to grow. Um, uh, and they're now at a place where they've even said, uh, Phil Spencer said that, or Major Nelson maybe, that no, Facebook gaming is not going to replace mixer on natively on Xbox. like with you know with Xbox right now in the OS, you can natively stream to mixer. It was very simple to do. And so that was really nice for people, but you're not going to be able to do that with Facebook gaming, at least not at launch. Um, <clears throat> and so Spencer came out this week and said, yes, they want to give players a choice of where to stream. And we posted an article basically saying in so many words what the hell does that mean because you don't have a partnership with youtube and google and microsoft have this strange history relationship we won't even get into but you can't stream to youtube from xbox mixer's going away and you're not natively integrating facebook so you only have one option what do you mean you're going to give them a choice your only option to stream from xbox in the near future is twitch Um, so i i I don't know what this looks like i kind of get it from a business standpoint mixer was not doing what they needed to for business. Facebook's a much bigger thing for them to obviously put for things like xCloud, which they touched on, and kind of the future of you know sharing gaming in real time. Um, but I still think this is a shame, and I still think Microsoft could have done something better with Mixer than what just happened.
1: Yep, I mean, I, I've never been, I've never streamed really, and I don't really watch streams, but I really feel bad for some of the partners out there yeah, I have to, you know, transfer over and kind of restart everything. Hopefully that goes smoothly for them. Um, I hate Facebook with a passion. Yeah, uh, I think they're, you know, right up there with the evil corporations of this world. <laughs> <part> of,
0: you <laughs> well, know, and there was such a backlash, right there. right? there were so many partners and other people saying, you know, screw, I'm not going to Facebook. Like, screw that.
1: Yeah. No. And so, I mean, and, and so basically it's more of a, you know, like you said, the writing was on the wall. It kind of looked like you know there were internal things you know from three or four months back. I don't know exactly what was happening, um, but they never really made that you know the growth was just not there. You know, even signing Ninja and Shroud and paying all this money, um, it, it just failed. I mean, sometimes things just fail, and there's not much you can do. I, I mean, maybe Twitch was just too much of a powerhouse, and they couldn't you know overcome that. Um, I don't know what it was, but you know it sucks. For sure, for the for the for the partners, um, but also great for my uh, screen because I don't have to have mixer on my dashboard.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, Before I uh, would get to Nick, quick shout out to Todd, who's in the chat. He said, "Hi guys, I'm from Argentina, so that's I awesome, am- man. Welcome, welcome, and uh, Gladion as well. Two one three, welcome, um, Nick. Thoughts on this, man."
2: I think I think the writing's been on the wall. Sure, right. It was <laughs> going to go down the drain for a while. I've talked endlessly with uh, Dizzy from Lords of Gaming about Mixer's problem of growth. Yeah, um, I think th- I the desperation really started to show when they bought Ninja and Shroud because I was like they aren't getting the viewership they need, so they're going to buy talent to come over and hope that the viewership will spread out. But unfortunately, a lot of people went, mm, no, I'm good with Twitch or mm, I'm going to go to Mixer to watch Shroud and Ninja, but I'm not going to keep using Mixer as a platform. Um, another warning sign to me was when um, I'm going to butcher his name here, but Stein, who's now part of the Xbox marketing. Oh,
0: manager, yeah, yeah, yeah
2: accessories. He was a huge forefront of Mixer and when he changed jobs I went, mm, what's going on here? And then yeah. just, just about a month or two ago we got the uh, Twitch, or uh, not Twitch but we got the streaming site analytics from when everyone was stuck at home and everyone yeah. was up by like 60, 70, 80% and Mixer was up by a whopping <laughs> 0.3%. Yeah. And yeah i think that was just the final nail in the coffin they weren't growing they tried a bunch of different things should they have given up on it right before the launch of a console maybe not but one thing that they should have done was given partners a heads up ahead of time for sure because the worst part of that was is i follow a uh esports guy named slasher and what he was doing is he was part of the group call with mixer partners So there was like Goliath and all these guys that were bought to come to Mixer. And basically, it was that a group call with them, a few Mixer leadership members, and Facebook gaming members. And they basically sat down, went, This is the process you guys are going to go through now. And basically, did this like three hours after the announcement. So, like, these guys had no heads up, nothing at all. Like, I don't really necessarily feel sorry for like guys like Shroud who are going to go back to Twitch, have a massive audience and be fine. But yeah. there's people that may do this as a full-time job that aren't necessarily yeah. like massive you know, media conglomerates, have multi-million dollar partnerships that do this and make a decent living doing it. They're now going to struggle to bring their platform over and yep. i feel more i feel more sorry for them and it sucks that microsoft decided to partner with facebook of all things because like it, like if microsoft to come in and said hey we're shutting down mixer but if you're a partner on our site we can get you partnership on twitch i think people would be like yeah okay it is what it is but partnership with facebook gaming like i follow a lot of esports stuff Counterstrike just got out of a deal with Facebook and said it was the most debilitating deal they'd ever had. <laughs> like Counterstrike eSports for context dropped like 60% in popularity when they signed exclusively with Facebook Gaming and they're scaling back up now cuz they're working with Twitch. There is yeah. such a hatred for Facebook amongst my generation. Um
0: and a, you call us old tech.
2: No, <laughs> um, <laughs> but well, let, let me put it this way: it's like the gaming demographic is primarily on Twitter um, and other social media sites I don't use, um, Reddit, things like that. Like, that's, that's where your mainstay stuff. I don't know too many people that go to Facebook for gaming anymore. My personal yep. experience with Facebook gaming and like gaming groups and even live streaming there is not fantastic. So yep. I, I just I, – I feel bad for everyone involved, honestly, and it was poorly handled. And Fair. I just don't know who signed – and then you had allegations going on against like Mixer leadership, and then they fold yeah. it like two days later. It just – it looks terrible I, yeah. In the in hindsight.
0: You wonder how those – You know, I've said before, I work at a big, a very big company and work with executives. And it's just, you don't understand, I can't comprehend how things like that go down. How do you fumble that so badly, right? It doesn't make any sense to me. But yeah, you had streamers, as you were pointing out, not these gigantic multimillionaires, right? But just people who are partners and stream on a daily basis. And they were having streams where they were just crying because they didn't even know. All of a sudden it was just, they saw a Twitter, you know, announcement that Mixer's shutting down. And I'm like, what are you talking about? You know, uh, just absolutely absurd that it was handled that way. Um, Walter said at least they didn't sign Dr. Disrespect. (laughs) Uh, uh,
2: I don't know what he did, but like the fact that they pulled – refunded all his Twitch subs and permabanned him, I don't know what he did, but – Good lord!
0: Yeah, something's bad. All I saw was rumors, but someone's saying it's not just a, a stream thing; it's like a full on legal thing. Like he's going to be in.
2: Yeah, legal no. So the one of the the one that stuck out to me is someone who reports on a lot of the like Twitch related stuff. He has a lot of community yeah. ins. He said, "I've read stuff about it, but he's like, until it actually comes out, it's so terrible. I don't want to put my name on it."
0: And I Sorry. went oh. and and. and- I don't know. I, I'll leave my personal comments on that clown alone. <laughs> we'll just move on.
1: Yeah. let just call him a clown and move on.
0: Yeah, I'm moving on. So <laughs> Anyway, let's talk about some things we're currently playing, guys. Dan, I know you actually have a hard stop here in a little bit, so let's touch on some of the new stuff. We had Borderlands 3 Bounty of Blood DLC came out this week. I know with all the news, some people might have missed that. It actually like launched right when the mm-hmm. Cyberpunk stream was going on, which is kind of funny. So I definitely need to check that out. And if you're interested, I haven't tried it yet. I heard it's kind of rough. But the Crossfire X beta is now out on uh, Xbox as well. I think it runs this weekend, so if you want to check that out, it's out there. But Nick, what have you been? Uh, what have you been playing around with lately? Other than I know, you know, we talked about Last of Us Two and working through that. You've been playing that. Anything else?
2: Uh, Last of Us Two. Um, been showing my daughter how to play Luigi's Mansion Three, and awesome. absolutely, absolutely forgot how amazing that game is. And Luigi needs to get more shine. No doubt. Um, but, yeah, no, I've just been trying to soldier through The Last of Us Part Two for a review and having a law, very hard time unpacking everything. It's very rare. Usually when I do a review on a game or something, I'll have, like, 100, 200 words written by the end of the game, and then I fill it out at the end. I'm at Sing at, like, 2,400 words, and I'm only <laughs> halfway through the game, so... I, I, I don't know how it's going to turn out at this point.
0: <laughs> there's a ton to unpack with that game, especially once you finish it. Um, that's why I think I specifically said in my review, like uh, there's going to be a lot more I, I need to write about on this game. Um, yeah. Cause it's, it's really hard to separate personal feelings about certain things uh, versus, you know, a critical kind of look at the game. So it's tough, mm-hmm. but uh, that's cool though. Cool about Luigi's mansion. I actually, I got a little ways to, I never finished it. Um, But uh, it is a a really cool game. Uh, And you're right, Luigi does need some more uh, attention, I think, in that regard. So, nice. Dan, what you been up to, man? Basically, Last of Us, man. Um,
1: Yeah, you're on your second playthrough. Second playthrough, uh, not even halfway. uh, Just gonna platinum it, and then probably come back to it again once we get the upgrades to the PS5. Um, I wanna see what it looks like then, because it looks amazing right now. Um, Short of that, I. I downloaded a couple of game pass games observation. I haven't played it yet. And night call. Oh
0: yeah. I looked at night call too. Yeah.
1: I started playing that for like literally like five minutes and then I got sidetracked and I had to go do something. So, you know, that's basically. Yeah, it's been sucking the life out of me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, Last of Us. I mean, for the people who haven't finished it, like we were talking about earlier, Nick, it, it's it's an incredibly long game. It is far longer than Part One was, uh, and it can just take a lot of time. And if you want to platinum, I'm funny enough. Bad bits that he's platinum in it today as well. Um, you you can't do it in one playthrough. Yeah, you, know, you actually yeah. have to play it again. Not not all the way, but uh, it takes a long time. So. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I finished it after you and Bert did uh, just the other day and I actually took an extra day of just thinking about the game before even sitting down to write my review because it's I don't know, it's crazy. We're gonna have it so we're gonna have a spoiler cast on the last of us two here in uh, probably next week or two where we're gonna really kind of talk through that game. So that'll be a lot of fun. Um, me personally, I need to go back to doom. I know we touched on doom earlier, Nick, you're a big fan. Uh, I'm a huge doom fan started eternal and I don't know what happened. I got into other stuff and I was doing the site redesign and I just got distracted and I haven't finished it. Um, so I need to, I need to get back to that because, uh, I know for a lot of people that's up there as one of the best games of the year. Um, and it's just, it's doom, you know, it's, it's chaotic and craziness and everything awesome about crazy first person shooters.
2: Yeah, we get single-player DLC eventually this year, too. There's supposed to be two DLC, standalone DLCs for that game in 2020. So.
0: I had forgotten about that, yeah. And I had the freaking collector's edition for that. So, uh, yeah, I, compl- I might want to finish the game before the DLC comes out. Um, but I'm looking forward to uh, trying Bounty of Blood as well. It's supposed to be the biggest expansion for Borderlands 3. Yet, new planet, new legendaries, characters, town, all that stuff. So definitely be hitting that up soon. All right, guys. I think, uh, man, it's been a fun conversation, Nick. We're gonna do this definitely, uh, definitely more often, man. So I, I've told several guests that you're uh, obviously longtime friend of the the show here, and we'll we'll definitely be doing this again. Native, what's up, man? You're getting out right. Native, you're stopping it right when I'm about to close. It right out here, here. But, yeah, Good to see you. Um, so, Nick, let's uh, let's hear from you, man. What do you want to before, shout out before, before we, we uh, real
1: quick? Adam go Edger. I don't know if you're in the chat, probably not. But I was giving away the three months of Game Pass Ultimate oh yeah that's who won it Adam Badger from Davenport, Iowa apparently uh, <laughs> if not I'll hit you up on, on uh, I'll hit you up somewhere Twitter probably okay, okay. So,
0: All right. yeah. cool yeah I don't think I've seen him in the chat unless he goes by a different screen name I'm not aware yeah, of maybe he does I don't know Okay, cool well good um, that's awesome so Nick where can we find you what are you working on what do you want to shout out before we uh, kind of close out here
2: Uh, You can find me on Twitter at Undead3XVI, where I share a lot of my articles, what I write, what I do, and everything else. You can find all my written work at lordsofgaming.net. And you can also find my own show on the Gaming Perspective channel at 8.30 p.m. Eastern time tonight. And I do that show with Eric Jackson, Saber Tolbert, and Jared as well from
1: lordsofgaming.net. So, yeah. yeah. The only person we haven't had on now is Sam, right?
0: Uh, of those four, yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, we had uh, God, we had Jared on a long time ago, back did, when it was the three of us. Um, mm-hmm. And Eric, we had on what two weeks ago. Yeah, so it's yeah, pretty cool. So awesome. Um, well, thanks for coming on, Nick, man. It's been a lot of fun. Uh, Lords of Gaming.net goes without saying. We, I think we talk about them every week. We're just you know close with those guys. Great site, great guys. So awesome stuff. Um, this week, so my last of us to review is up. It went up yesterday. A lot of great feedback on it. So thank you guys very much who have checked it out that's on the site. Uh, we've got a new article coming from Patrick shortly, um, who's Elu in the chat right here, talking about details uh, that go into creating games like Last of Us 2. Should be a very good one. He's a fantastic writer. Uh, we're going to be doing a Last of Us 2 spoiler cast soon, like I said. And I also want to just give a quick shout out, uh, and I know some of the guys in the chat right now have contributed to this, and you as well, Dan, on on the... Um, Iron Lords podcast last week in, in a giveaway, but um, we had a very nice donation uh, amount that I gave to Special Effect and Able Gamers yesterday uh, from Season Gaming for merch sales. So, uh, you know, we do that it kind of uh, as we sell merch and shirts and whatever, and not uh, else not. at least goes to these partner charities that we have. So sent those kind of monthly donations over to those guys yesterday. Got a message directly back from the director at special effect this morning, actually. Um, So it's just awesome, man. So thank you guys. Anyone who's bought merch from us. Thank you so much. Dan, awesome giveaway on uh, iron lords last week. So as always, Dan, anything else to call out?
1: No, I'm good. I am going to my daughter's graduation party here shortly. Fantastic. Uh, Hoping there's not a lot of people. (laughs) (laughs)
0: So. <laughs> <laughs> there's going to be hundreds of people and no one's going to have a mask just yeah with- that's that's well, i was going to say at least it's consistent dan
2: you <laughs> always would hope there's not a lot of people so <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, this, is sure. <laughs> this is true so all right guys chat you've been awesome as always man thank you guys for stopping by uh this has been big cast one 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 and we will see you next saturday cheers